0: This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things Call Center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center Contact Center podcast. We try to give you some actionable items, take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve your agent experience, hopefully, improve the customer experience as well. How's everybody doing? My name is Tom Laird. I am the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing. Expedia is a 500 seat, Plus call center outsourcer located here in uh, northwestern Pennsylvania. Uh, how's everybody doing? I uh, I hope everybody's kind of getting into the spring swing of things. Uh, it's definitely getting warmer. It's getting uh, getting kind of back into the groove. Getting outside a little bit. Masks are all going off a little bit, which is kind of nice. We are uh, in kind of full board planning for for bringing a lot of our agents and, and everybody back back in house. Speaking of that, um, I will be speaking. Um, at the Nice in Contact Interactions live event that will be happening next week on the tw- May 25th and 26th. Um, it's free, right? So you just kind of log in and uh, there's no cost to it. There's a ton of really cool speakers. So I will be speaking um, the last day on the 26th. And, and my topic will be on on our plan for for bringing everybody back um, in-house. And And I'll tell you what, that's really evolved even over the last week. So I'm trying to keep that thing up to date as as new new information comes out, you know, every single day on masks, no masks, uh vaccinated, don't need to be vaccinated, all that stuff. So it's it's been a little bit uh interesting, but so hopefully that can I can add some value there. Um also hey, just want to throw it out there we have you know, a, a ton of people, I've probably had three or four people this past week that are looking for new telephony platforms. If if you are in the market or looking, you know, hook hit, hit me up uh, on LinkedIn. Um, there's a lot of information I can give you on that so that you're kind of going to that with your eyes wide open. Um, and also, you know, make sure that you're joining the, the LinkedIn uh, contact center, call center tips and tactics uh, LinkedIn group that we have there too. All right. So today, um, I wanted to talk to you guys about putting in an action plan for your call center, right? Kind of looking at it holistically from the macro level, and looking at different aspects, and and then putting a plan in to to kind of change or evolve or improve those areas, right? So this is kind of something that I would do, you know, when when we go into consult on a contact center, and we do it, you know, a much in a much more robust um, way. But I think you can do this on your own as well, right? So you don't have to pay somebody to kind of come in and, and look at your contact center. If you If you take it by little pieces, it's much more manageable than if you're looking at your overall center that you think may be struggling or the customer experience isn't right, or your staffing isn't right. and, and looking at it you know overall, it, it can be overwhelming. So you got to really just break it down into pieces. And then put little action plans into each of those pieces, and then check that off and keep moving on to the next one. Right. So, here's I think ten or eleven kind of things that I would do if I came into your call center, right? And and we'd sit down and and if I had some time, and these are some of the the plans and, and some of the things that I would be looking at uh, to to fix or to improve your your contact center. So, hopefully, you can kind of take some of these and and put an action plan in for you and your team to to kind of do it yourself. Right. So the first thing is, you know, obviously it's, it's to listen and benchmark, right? How many of you call center managers really are, are listening to calls every day, right? And a lot of times that kind of gets away from us because it can be monotonous, right? So we're leaving that to QA. We're leaving it to supervisors, but, um, I, I would just tell you to take even if it's 20 minutes, a half hour, um, a day and, and listen to some calls, listen to some calls by some, some other reps. And if you're going to really do this, you know, get your team together. To to listen and to start to benchmark things. Right. So when we talk about benchmarking, we want to know, you know, service level, we 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 can probably understand because you're looking that every day. But what should be the talk time? What should be the hold time? What should be your average uh, handle time? Right. Benchmark all that against your really good reps to get your goal. Right. And a lot of times we don't do that. We just say, yeah, our talk time's about four minutes, right? Well, let's get it down to the point where we're saying our talk time is three minutes and 48 seconds. That's what our goal is, right? So that we understand and our teams understand kind of what we're shooting for. And it's not to punish people who are, uh, you know, higher than that, but it's to kind of then say, hey, there's probably something going on that we need to fix if things are kind of outside of that norm, whether the calls are too long or or too short. I'd also benchmark your QA, understand what, what the average score should be. Um, If it's super low, then obviously you have either some problems with what's going on in the center um, that we need to fix, or sometimes the scorecards stink, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, And you may need to do some type of rewrite on that. But I think the number one thing when I come in is to understand what the goals are for everything from service level to handle times to all the pieces after call work. Make sure that that is kind of written down, and when we start to train this, um, that's a that's a piece of, of what you do so uh, that's you know one of the big things I think that can help your your center uh, number two is is to spot volume trends right make sure that you understand your your sale your sales and your service cycle for the year right now a lot of you this is kind of second nature right especially if, say you're a retailer and you know on the holidays and a lot of you could probably even say starting on October 18th we start to see volume. Right, but a lot of people are just kind of flying off the seat of their pants and get caught into into bad service levels or large calls in queue because there could have been anticipated volume that they they just didn't. So you need to to understand and, and look at where your your trends are, and that needs to be benchmarked as well. You need to to know you know where your volume is coming from and when that volume hits every single year. So you need to be kind of digging into your reports. And looking at call volumes over the past two, three years, um, if you can't do that, then you got to get your technology upgraded. But you should be able to at least look at that by month by month or week by week, and even better yet, day by day, um, to understand, even if you don't have a robust WFM platform, right, to say, hey, you know, we're probably going to need a couple more reps, you know, third, fourth quarter because of, you know, what's going on. So, again, make sure that you know that ahead of time, at least 30 to 60 days ahead of time when you're seeing those types of things. And you should be able to tell your upper management ahead of time, you know, what's about to happen so that you're not the one that that kind of takes the the brunt of it. Uh, number three is we talk about culture a lot, right, in these kind of consulting meetings. So again, I, I can't say enough about how important culture is and, and for you guys to be able to define it, um, define it as it correlates to your business overall, but your, your call center is different than the overall business. So make sure you understand what that culture is. Make sure you understand, you know, what type of people. Again, you guys know I've said it a hundred times, you know, our culture is a sunshine attitude with an entrepreneurial mindset that boils down to attitude and effort. So we are hiring, we are incentivizing, um, we're promoting off of our culture, not just because somebody's a great rep or did really good on a program. And we're also hiring, which is something that we're going to talk about later, hiring off of our culture. So you cannot hire a culture if you don't know what that is. So th- that's probably one of the biggest things that I can tell you it, when it comes to attrition is actually just having the right person for, for your organization and your type of program there. All right, number four, how do you coach? Um, I think this is another big piece of not only improvement, but also attrition Right. Do you have supervisors or management or leads that are you know very strict and want things done a certain way and they maybe attack a little bit and they're a little bit too you know coarse or rough you know when they're when they're coaching and, and they I don't want to say intentionally embarrass people, right but they're calling people out in front of people. you know that's the one of the number one reasons I see call center people leave and, and you know it's that old saying you know you don't leave the organization, you leave the you leave the manager. And how we coach has a, has a big piece of that. So, again, you know, making sure that we're, we're kind of giving high fives and salutations and doing great jobs when they're on the floor or in a, in a Slack channel that everybody sees. But we're coaching um, in kind of private, right, um, and making sure that we're not embarrassing anybody. All right, uh, number five is is games and how much fun we're having. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. We've spent so much time on this and other things, but um, that's a huge another piece. Most of you guys aren't doing a lot with that, right? And you wonder why you have attrition. You think sometimes maybe it's under it's beneath your reps, or if it's not your personality. And I think that you know those are all kind of cop outs for. You know, the bottom line is people like to have fun at work and if you do it right and if it matches the games, match your culture and match the type of person, you're going to see improvements in, in attrition, um, especially if you if you have some issues and, and you're just kind of, you know, you have that boring, grind it out every day kind of contact center. And those don't work, especially with the type of individuals that we have now in the younger and millennials you, know, you need to kind of, you know, see what type of people you have and, and, and kind of make those adjustments. All right, next, we, you know, I really talk about QA and is the scoring done properly? And again, we talk about culture and I I can't reiterate that enough. But what is the most important thing in your center? Is it the quality? Is it the sales piece? Um, Is it engagement? Is it empathy? And you could say it's all of them and that's fine. And we can score all those. Um, But a lot of times, QA scorecards just take one or two of those things into really account for what people are doing. And they leave out other things, right? So, if you're not scoring based on what your the outputs that you're looking, then you can have a lot of issues. So that's another thing that you need to probably look at. Look at how you're scoring. See if it's if it needs updated. If it hasn't been updated in a in a year or two, it probably does because things have changed, especially with COVID. So make sure that your QA scoring is is up to snuff and, and it's where it should be. Uh, the you know the next one I, I is crazy to me, but it's, I guess it makes sense is a lot of you and a lot of your teams don't understand the telephony platform that you're using to the full extent, right? You, you use it for, you know, the utilitarian task of what you need to do every day. But I guarantee you, whether you're using Nice and Contact or TalkDesk or Five Nine or Genesis or Avaya or whatever you're using, there are so many different tools, so many different things that you can use that platform for, that you're not using. So again, this is a great management engagement uh, process where we can bring everybody in. Everybody kind of talks about some of the best ways that they like to use the platform. And every single time that we do that, there's always a, oh my gosh, that's a great idea, right? That it helps improve and make us more efficient. So again, I would make sure that you're doing some training, make sure that you're just not assuming that, you know, the, the, the supervisors or that those team leads or whoever is your kind of frontline manager understands the whole process of what's going on. Cause a lot of times, even you as the call center manager don't. So that's something that you can definitely dig into and, and make your team better at that. Again, none of these things really cost money. These are just different, you know, policies, procedures, ways to interact, um, that I think can, can make a big, big difference. All right. Next for those of you who are just, you know, hiring, uh, reps, and then you're picking and choosing the best reps to then become your your team leads or your managers, make sure that you have a management trainee program. This is one of the number one things. Again, there's probably a lot of number one things I'm saying. But again, it's so important that you develop a plan. And whether that's a three-week plan, a six-month plan, it doesn't really matter. Just so that you, you have something on paper that you can take, train, understand, uh, make your your supervisor understand what is expected of them from a culture standpoint, from a policy standpoint, from a procedure standpoint. So everybody's on the same page and everybody feels like, you know, they're doing and, and kind of rowing the boat in the same direction instead of just, you know, promoting somebody, letting them do their own way. Everybody's doing different things on every single team and it's going to cause you a bigger headache. That's another huge piece of, of what we see that kind of goes wrong in centers, especially centers that are expanding and growing, right? So maybe you didn't really need to, cause you had two, two supervisors or leads, but now you just, you know, you're at six now and nothing really was in place. And that causes a lot of issues. So that's something that, you know, whether you're going to do it this year, or next year, you know, take some time, take a, take a month or two, put a plan together Use a just rip a bunch of the podcast episodes, rip a bunch of the stuff that we have from my blog, from other blogs, right? That that you can kind of use. You know, the, the material's already there. You don't need to re rethink it or reinvent it. Um, just pull it, rip it apart, utilize it for for what you think uh, will be best for for your organization. The the other thing that we always discuss and talk about at all of these, and something that you probably need to look at is how do you onboard, right? How do you train? initially right how do you do initial training for your associates how do you get them involved in your culture are you doing at home training right now are you doing you know brick and mortar training um, are you just training the what screen to go to and what to click or are you training the tone and and the message that you're trying to get across and empathy you know there's a lot of different ways to do that and again it's like our call center I mean to be honest if if we get our associate to be here, For more than ninety days, you know they're probably going to be here for years. So our job, you know, as as we've seen, is to try to do the best we can with our onboarding, with our training, making it fun, making it engaging, you know, and giving them all the proper tools to make sure that we can get them to that ninety day period where they they feel, you know, really comfortable. Uh, So that's another attrition thing. Uh, Most of you, or a lot of you that have higher attrition, struggle with with onboarding, or you're just doing it very quickly to get people. You know, on the phones, and you know you're going to pay for that in the long run. So it's kind of pay now or pay later kind of thing when it comes to to onboarding. But it's that's kind of a big deal. All right, the last two that I have for you here too are, you know, one is is look at your your policies and procedures. Right, a lot of you and a lot of us, and I just keep saying a lot of you, and, and I have the same issues. So again, I don't mean to make it sound like I'm up here on this you know pedestal because we have some a lot of the same issues here too. But a lot a lot of us, you know, we realize that there's an issue, right, with a policy, a procedure, with something that reps are doing or supervisors are doing. When you see that that happens, find a way to fix it and create a policy around it and put it in writing, right, instead of just constantly having to fix the same thing over and over or come up with different solutions, you know, because a lot of times you forget what the heck you did to fix things, right? So make sure that when you are, whether it is the way we interact with associates, what what we need to do during our shift. If there's a supervisor checklist, you know, all those things that can make things better. Don't just do them, right? Go the go the next step and and make it a policy, Uh, create a policy book for your organization. Now that goes beyond just the HR handbook, right? But really how you operate in your contact center, keeping it down and writing, everybody understands it. And then that evolves and becomes part of your management training program as well. Right? So everybody again is on the, is on the same, uh, same plan. So and again, the last one, too, is is just kind of looking at your HR policies and procedures as well, that kind of, I guess, ham and eggs with that, you know, making sure that, you know, you're not too strict, but you're still, you know, upholding things that matter to your culture. You know, the we've had to really look at our policies and procedures and kind of relax them a little bit, to be honest. We were probably too strict when it came to kind of how we used to operate, you know, with my mentality of being probably a little bit more old school of, you know, coming up in the early 2000s, maybe late 1990s, um, and again, as you guys, a lot of you know, you know, I came from a financial services call center background, so it was very strict when it came to data security and no cell phones, and you know, everybody had a dress code, and you know, those types of things. But I think with COVID and a lot of these things that have just really come up in the last, you know, couple of years with millennials, with the way that people are interacting with work from home, you know, we've really had to take a look at at how we operate and how we want our reps to operate. And feel comfortable, right? And, and want to come to work. So I think that's another another thing to kind of really look at and, and kind of write down and, and take a look at your policies and procedures and, and kind of put them in place. So I don't know. I think that's about 11, uh, 11 different things that you can look at to, to kind of do your own consult on your contact center. Um, you know, even if you take every single quarter and you're looking at one or two of these to, to really try to improve by the end of the year. Right, you're going to be uh, in a way better place from a from the contact center operation standpoint. So again, take bits and pieces. Don't look at oh my gosh, my my center screwed up. Just look at little pieces of of what you you have to fix. Take some time, you know, get a team effort in there. Bring your supervisors and talk to them about it. Get them on board, um, and and constantly be, be enhancing and improving your contact center. So again, I hope that that helps, guys. Um, and I will uh, I'll talk to all of you next week. Again, please look at our uh we have our Facebook community for Advice from a Call Center Geek. We have our LinkedIn uh Call Center Tips and Tactics that I'd love to see you guys joined. Uh there also is the SMS texting group that if you have any questions or want to talk to me directly, um it is 814-247-0366. Just text um Call Center and it'll get you signed up for that. And there'll be an actual interaction that we can have if you have any questions. And again, follow me on LinkedIn or, or hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm I'm here to help in any possible way, including including any uh, call center software or tips and tactics or operational things that that you may want to ask me. No charge at all for any of that. Just trying to trying to help and, and add some value. Thanks, guys. And again, I'll uh, talk to you guys next week.